All right. How you guys doing? You excited? Doing all right. <laughs> Can you say that in Creole, please? Muy en forme. I'd like to conduct the entire interview in Creole with you translating. Is that? that then you can just make up whatever you want him to say. That would be. New content for New Easy Yeah, Jim would do it. I heard All right. Something today. Okay. <laughs> Tell us, just give us a, a quick uh, synopsis of the last couple of years uh, of the calling on your life that you first began to feel that God was sending you to Haiti and how it's brought you to where you are right now. Okay. Um, I, again, like you said, I know most of you know this, uh, but for those of you who don't know, in 2016, uh, April and I had the opportunity to go to and do a missions trip down there. And, you know, I kind of gone on that trip just going down just to kind of check the box. And that was the trip that God really used uh, to change my heart uh, for him. And it wasn't too long after that, after we got back, that I knew that uh, I was supposed to be a missionary in Haiti. And so I used kind of the rest of that year to really dive into the word, draw closer to God, you know, actually have conversations with God, with God and say, all right, God, you're leading my life. And um, he just kept confirming to me over and over again that I was going to be a missionary in Haiti. So, And then about a year almost later, so I took a little longer um, through that year. God obviously was working in my heart. I had a lot of, like I shared with you guys before, a lot of fears and, and worries and struggles that God had to work in me. And so about a year later, God called me as well. And so then after that, shortly after that, we... Um, prayed and the Lord showed us what organization to go through and then we started the journey of uh, that led us to here we are today so that's about it and April you were as soon as Jim came home and began to talk about the possibility of going over to Haiti um, and I remember our conversation if you remember my advice was I think you were a little confused because my reaction was not that's awesome you're gonna my reaction was all right let's why don't you pray about it a little bit? Why don't you? Because I've taken teams to hate. I'd say, to be fair, it was like a week after we got back. Yes. So and I've that, seen that, that people tend assessment. to be very, very excited when they get back from a short-term trip. And that doesn't always continue in this course. In this case, of course, it has. Uh, April, when he came for the first time and said, I think God may be calling us to hate you were thrilled, right? No. Okay. <laughs> I was not thrilled at all for those of you that maybe don't know our story. Um, I kept diverting the conversation through the summer and the fall, and um, I would just keep saying, oh, God, use Haiti as the catalyst to change you, but we're not supposed to move. We're, you know, we can go two to three times a year, and grandparents can watch the kiddos, and I'm good with that. But, yeah, I was not okay with it at first. So describe a little bit of your journey then, because obviously you're going, right? All right. So God's changed your heart, and yes. how, how has that happened? It took a lot of him slowly working with me, which I'm glad he did. He knew what I needed. And um, it was about, uh, I think the strong months that he was working in me was January through March of 2017. Uh, and so during those times, there was different instances, different places I was at. For instance, I was at an adoption retreat in Georgia and I uh, had been there before, so I knew what to expect and what I was going to learn. And yet the whole entire time I was there, he kept speaking to me about Haiti. And so when, by the time I was done with that trip, I knew he was getting me to a point where I had to surrender to him. So I think all along what he was doing was he was, he was working in me to get me to the point of surrender. Because once we, I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional today. Sorry, guys. Um, once we surrender, <laughs> I know Mike said him up there for me. Once we surrender to him, whatever it is that he's asking to do, big or small, um, that's when he can really start to do the work. Because you 
you you say yes and you obey and you don't know what the outcome is, but then that's when he can really start to give you that peace. And that's when I did the flip-flop and it literally went fear up here to fear down here. And now no matter what happens in Haiti, literally if someone says, oh, you're probably gonna get killed if you go there today, I'm going because that's what God said and I have such peace about it. I think there's a, there's a huge principle too that we can take from this. And I remember having this conversation with Jim initially as well. God doesn't just call, he, he wouldn't just call Jim and not April. Um, God calls families and God works through families. And I remember telling Jim, one of the ways to kind of test if this was God's call in his life was to see what he did in April's life. Because if it was the call in your family, he would certainly confirm that uh, with both of you. So tell us a little bit about uh, ultimately what you'll be doing there. And then walk us through uh, what are the next few months going to look like? What are, what are your initial few months going to look like, for both for you guys? And if you don't know the Starkeys, they've got three uh, very energetic little guys, okay? They're up there. Um, what's it going to look like for them? What's, what's this transition for them as they begin to immerse themselves in, in Haitian life and culture? So kind of once I get going on ministry stuff after a while, uh, my main job will just to be when teams come down to go visit because of RMI's sister church program with American and Haitian churches, I'll be taking the teams out and we go stay in the village with that church and I will be kind of help facilitating we do a lot of, of um, what, what do we call it? Sorry, my mind just went blank. Oh, you're fine. When you take out the teams, what you do with the teams, the perspective. Right. It's, it's more about building up the Haitian church rather than doing a lot of work projects. I mean, we still do work projects and stuff, but it's, it's mainly just building up the Haitian church and, and equipping that church to go out to their village and, and talk to the people that they know about Christ. And so my job will be help kind of facilitating that. And then my job is going to be working with the Hope for Kids program, which when we were down in Florida last month, we actually found out that it's their biggest program. It's the biggest thing that they do, um, even above teams and everything, um, because of the impact that it, it does. There's over, I, I, the numbers are not perfect in my head, but it, there's over 8,000 kids that it affects, I, I want to say between like, 30 to 50 schools that uh, they have that they do. And so we go to each of those schools and they um, have a food program, they have a sponsorship program, and it helps because this is, you know, Jim's part, what the teams do is so huge because it's equipping the Haitians to know how to disciple and, and evangelize and, 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 and take care of their own people in their village and, and to where it's not always us, it's them, it's Haitians helping Haitians, you know. And then the Hope for Kids program, what I'm going to be part of is the education part and giving kids a hope and giving kids a chance there. Um, so once we get acclimated and everything, that's what I'll start doing. Okay. What's the, what's the initial process look like? What, I mean, you won't jump right, right in would be my guess. So what, is the what do the next three months look like for you and your kids? So for the next three months, it's, our goal is to get settled in Haiti. It's to learn the language and learn the culture. Uh, every day, it'll probably be a week or two after we move, but every day after that, someone will come to our house and help teach us Haitian Creole. And it'll be about an hour a day for roughly six months. And um, our goal is to just really dive in into Haiti, to learn the, the language and the culture is huge for the Haitian people. It's a very warm culture. And I know some of you have been on a mission trip to Haiti, just saying bonjour to a Haitian. I mean, their face lights up. And to be able to build those relationships, to be able to speak to people is, is obviously a, a key to our, our mission. So uh, that, that's kind of what we'll be doing the first three months. It's just getting the kids acclimated, uh, getting us acclimated to the heat and all that, but definitely learning the language and the culture and like our little village we're staying in, get to know that area really well is, is our main focus. 
I guess what I could add to that, just to give you kind of a little glimpse into the, what the first few weeks are going to be like, is they said uh, the first week when we get there, our container that's um, somewhere in the ocean, I'm guessing right now, <laughs> hopefully, um, uh, it usually takes about a month-ish or so to get there, so we're hoping it gets there on the same time as us. But because of not knowing for sure when it's going to get there, we're going to stay at a guest house behind one of the missionaries we're going to be doing life with down there for the first week. So um, they're going to be providing food for us. Just because even if our container's there, it's going to take a while for us to get into our home and you know get everything the way we need it and set up and furniture put together. And they're really awesome. You know They've been there for 30-plus years, so they know what works for transition. They said, we really want you guys to have nothing no other focus the first couple months other than family, transition, and language, and what Jim was saying. So they said at first, make your house a home. They said you're going to already have, you know, all your comforts taken away from you. So they said, we want you to really make your house a home first and foremost before you get started with anything else. Then we'll introduce language and then, you know, go from there and then into the ministry and stuff. How about the boys? What does school look like? Uh, what's, the, what's the timing of that? Do they go right into school when they get there? Pretty close. Uh, so be praying for that. Um, they go, they start school at September 2nd. It's a week after we get there. So uh, they they are excited. They're going to be in the same class. They're at this um, missionary kids school in our village. And it's, if you homeschool or if you know of homeschooling, it's kind of like a big homeschool co-op. So even like Isaac and Kyra, even though they're three grades apart, they're going to be in the same class. And so they'll do some subjects together, some apart. And um, so what's really neat is uh, they're really excited because they get to go to school every day on an ATV. And so one of us will drive them to school every day and they're also excited because they only have to go till 1 p.m. every day and um, things end earlier there so we come back home at 1 every day for lunch together. Nice. Yeah. So what is, what is your primary mode of transportation when you're when you're at home? When we're at home and just doing things in the village it's going to be ATV for me and the boys and then the dirt bike, motorbike, whatever you want to call it for Jim. <laughs> Jim, do you have a lot of experience on a dirt bike? No comment on this right now. I, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, all right, is that something you're gonna have to learn? Yes. <laughs> how, how have you started that already? I, I have started the learning process How's all over gone? again. Um, it's had its uh, ups and its downs. Okay. Ups and its, mainly Most, down. Mostly down, Mostly right? down. Okay. Just but no, it's, it's been fun. It's if been you fun. want something to pray for, you can write this down. Um, Jim did begin to learn, and uh, it was a short lesson. Um, it was an hour. I and, mean. And it resulted in some minor cuts and bruises minor. Um, definitely minor so i'm sure i'm sure he'll get much better but you can mark that down to pray for jim as he learns as he learns how thankfully you know all the haitians are such good drivers and i mean it'll be so yeah. calm and everything yeah. when you get there it'll be a great learning environment that's <laughs> so tell us about the last couple of weeks I, I mean you've been just putting the final touches kind of on packing your life yeah. up here and getting ready to go uh, overseas what does so, that look like about the last three weeks of probably been the craziest of our lives honestly it's been really really busy um three weeks ago actually uh jim jameson and i drove down to florida we put all our stuff in a u-haul and uh drove it down to fort myers to load it in a container at our home office and you know thankfully that got packed up really quickly and on its way so basically all we have is our suitcases with us now but all of our belongings are hopefully on a ship on its way to haiti right now um and then after that, it's just been putting, you know, just the final touches on selling our house and um, just trying to meet with friends and family and all that kind of stuff and get all kind of the last, I don't know, what do you call it, just the last goodbyes in and, and or I should say more see you laters rather than goodbyes. But it's, you know, just trying to cram all the, the paperwork we got to have done for Haiti, the doctor visits, you know, the 
fingerprint and all that good stuff we need to get a work visa down there. So it's just been trying to finalize all that kind of stuff before we go down. How uh, you talk about spending time with people and spending time with family and getting ready to say your your see you laters. Um, how have your family's been? I mean, this is a huge adjustment, not just for you, but you've got you're taking yeah. grandkids. <laughs> and despite the question that Jim can share the question that he's been asked probably the most, he said, uh, go ahead. And okay, so one of the main questions we get when telling people that we're moving to Haiti is, are you taking the kids? And uh, I have to think about it for a minute because sometimes I wonder if I should. But yes, the answer is always yes. I, I am taking the kids with me. And so you've got um, grandparents that are. Yeah, that are being I, left I know here. they're, uh, you know, I know they're excited for us. Um, but I know they'll also miss the grandkids. Um, I, you can ask my parents. They're actually here today. We, we actually moved in <laughs> I'm with them. I'm not going to bring you up. Don't worry. So, I saw that momentary <laughs> look of fear down there. That's I think they're actually ready for us because we moved in their house. They're probably ready to kick us out by now. So pray for them as they host us for the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, we'll miss hanging out at the, at the grandparents' house. And, you know, I know with my family, it's it's fun going over to Grammy and grandpas and stuff like that. And I know they'll miss the boys and us, and, and we'll definitely miss them. Oh, my family. Okay. Yeah, I would say ditto to that. We're going this week. That's why we won't be here next week is we'll be spending a week with my family. And I think, you know, one of the things is we were called to this. And so it's a level of hard for us, but we were called to it where they weren't called to it. They kind of got through and thrown into this. And so, um, and in one aspect is maybe even harder for them. You know, they're not the ones doing this. They're the ones just losing us, you know? And so we've been praying for them and we ask that you guys pray for all of the family and, um, it's it's one of those things where I think for the situation they're doing as good as they can both sides, but they're still human, so they're still you know sad that they're gonna not get to, you know see their grandkids and you know it's not even as much as us I think it's the grandkids you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So your your dad though is a pastor and his church is gonna have a relationship with you guys while you're while you're over there which will. Yeah. Yep. They partners with us. We're actually gonna be speaking at their church next week. Okay. Which would be nice. And I disagree with you a little bit. I I do believe the entire families are called to. They're they're called to to sacrifice in this way, just like you guys are called to sacrifice in the way that, uh, that God's called you to. Tell us some, tell us some God stories. I mean, what are, what are some things over these last two years, the whole process that you just kind of had to take a step back and go, I wasn't expecting that, or I was, I was kind of flipping out a little bit, didn't think something was going to happen, and God's come through and blessed you in ways that you, you were not expecting. Um, I guess one of the more recent things that had happened is we went down to Florida in, in June to kind of do some tra more training with RMI. And uh, on the flight back, you know, I try not to sit down and go, hi, Jim the missionary, going to Haiti kind of a thing. Um, but we sat next to this, this lady and, you know, had the pleasantries at the beginning of the flight, but didn't really talk. And as we were starting to descend, um, I was watching my iPad and she was kind of leaning over watching it with me. and. We just struck up a conversation. She asked, you know, what were you doing in Florida? And I said, oh, my wife and I were, were training. Actually, we're going to be missionaries, and we're doing some training. And my golly, this lady lit up. And she's like, what? She's like, that is amazing. She, um, I think she said she was in her early 90s, if I remember correctly. She's like, my husband was a pastor for all these years, and we've fostered and adopted these kids, and we've supported missions all over the place. And, you know, just had one of these just awesome conversations with this lady. I'm, I'm sad that it lasted only 15 minutes. I, I wish we had talked to her sooner. But at the end of it, <clears throat> she's like rummaging around her purse and 
gave us a donation. And we're like, no, ma'am, you know, like, you know, you, you don't have to. She got all mad. She's like, don't tell me what I can do with my money. I can do with it what I want, you know. But it was just the conversation alone was so uplifting and encouraging to us. And it was just one of those things that, you know, you just, you just never know when those kind of things you know, pop up, and, and just the whole ride home, we were, we were talking about her, and just what a, a great encouragement she was to us, and, you know, I love those kind of moments. You want me to do that one? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, I wanted to share with you guys, instead of a story, I wanted to share with you um, how God has changed me. I was praying yesterday about what to say, what story he wanted me to share, because Honestly, there's a million stories that we could share that would blow you guys away with how God has provided or encouraged us throughout the past 18 months. Um, but I think the biggest change was in my heart. And maybe that's why it took so long, because I had a lot of growing to do. But anyways, I knew that if I didn't write it down, I would just ramble or cry and lose my place. So I wrote it down so I could, that way you guys can hear everything. April told me this morning that God told her to say this and then asked if she was allowed. I'm not, I mean, as a pastor, how do you answer that? Uh, no, we don't want God speaking on a Sunday morning. So. Okay. I started Okay. So when we, okay, there we go. When we started this journey of raising our support to move 18 months or so ago, I thought the biggest, hardest decision was over when I fully surrendered my yes to him. And he gave me such sweet peace and absolute confirmation that this was the plans that he had for our family. Little did I know there would be so many more surrenders, not about, you know, saying yes to him for that, because that was absolute, but it was all these other different situations that I'd have to surrender as we went through the next 18 months. And it would be some of the hardest times of my life and yet some of the most rewarding. When we started this journey, I knew it wouldn't be easy. I knew it would grow me. I knew that we would see God show up in amazing ways. And I knew from listening to other missionaries about all of the things to expect. But when you're at the beginning of this side of the journey, what you expect is completely different from what actually happens. And I remember starting this journey thinking that it was for about the money for the most part. It was, you know, the time that missionaries raised their support to go to the field. I heard that on the side there'd be a lot of growth and things happening, but the main thing in my mind was focusing on raising our financial support so we could go. I knew this would it require not only us uh, raising our support, but selling our home, vehicles, quitting our jobs, and so much more. So fast forward 18 months, and now I look back at this journey and I truly, with all my heart, believe, at least for me, it was for God to work in my heart in a way that only he could, and only through this journey could he do it. Uh, yes, we needed the money to be raised. Yes, it grew our faith tremendously, watching it come in, and it also stretched all of our supporters' faith as they stepped out in faith to commit monthly to sending us. But in my life, personally, though, God used these past 18 months to help me fully let go of any control I ever thought I had, and to be so completely dependent on him. There were another three to four big times in this journey that I had to do another big surrender to him in other areas as he grew me. It wasn't easy, but it grew me, and the peace I felt after each time was incredible. You all know from when I shared my calling how I've struggled with fear and worry my entire life. But until this journey, I didn't realize how much I let it control me in so many ways. And so through these months with every little situation that came up, he used those situations to help me get to the point I needed to be before we would move to Haiti. Uh, one of those times was this past fall. I started to get some um, health issues, anxiety that I'd never had before, and I knew it was stress-related. And I started seeking him, and he, he brought me to a point and showed me it was because I was letting the stress of raising support get to me so much because I was trying to do it myself. I was trying to take control of it, and I had to fully give it to him. And when I did, and I laid it at his feet, again, the immediate peace was amazing, and it, I, I, he helped me get to that point where I was like, whether it takes six months or another six years, we're going to be to Haiti in the exact time that he wants our family to be there. 
Another time was just this past spring when we were um, in contract with the sale of our home and it was starting to really stress me with a lot of things that was happening. And we were down in Florida doing training and um, we were there when we found out the buyers didn't agree to something we had come back with and they got out of contract. And I remember feeling so sick. I literally thought I was physically going to get sick. And right then I knew I had a decision to trust him or to try and control it myself and go down that road of anxiety and fear and worry again. So I remember I went to the RMI bathroom crying out to him, and I just said, give me peace and show me what you're doing. And within moments of talking to him, I heard him whisper to me, trust me, I have a better buyer. And so that night in the hotel, I gave another full surrender to him and poured my heart out to him over the sale of our home. And that moment on, I had such peace knowing that whether he sold our home before we left or he provided a way to pay our mortgage while we were there until it sold, I was going to trust him, and I felt such peace about it. And I can't begin to tell you how awesome it was that how he did it. And um, like he's all always right. So I knew he was going to, and it came through and it was amazing. Um, so all of this to say, God helped both of us honestly realize, um, how little control we really have. Oh, I think I forgot that part. It did. So we got amazing buyers and God worked it out perfectly. Um, because he's awesome like that. Uh, so all of this to say, God helped both of us honestly realize how little control we have and that it was okay because we could trust him. He showed us how much he loves us and oh, how he did it in so many ways. He helped us grow so dependent on him and in love with him more than we have had entire life, more than we have in our entire lives because he knows best for us. He knows the plans he has for us and what he is going to have us do in Haiti. He knows the character we need. He knows the faith we need and the dependence on him that we need in order to do what he has called us to do in Haiti. And so this journey has all been a part of preparing us. It was hard, I won't lie, but it was totally worth it. Thank you. So when we talk about missions as a church, um, we usually talk about three aspects of missions, um, especially now. We're part of a Christian Missionary Alliance church, and we believe very strongly that, uh, that God has a role for each and every member of the church to play in, uh, in overseas missions. And we talk about praying and giving and going, all right? Now, you guys are doing the heavy lifting. You, you're doing the going part on a, on a permanent basis. Uh, we still have an obligation, and we will go. We will send teams. There will be people from this church that come down uh, to see you and to see if Jim's gotten any better on that, uh, on that bike. Um, but there's all the other two aspects that the home church here will be called upon to provide is the prayer and the giving. Um, catch us up just a little bit on where you are financially and how the fundraising has gone. Jim doesn't talk about money. That's... <laughs> So it's been really awesome to see the past couple months because when RMI let us know that they were speeding things up because of the need of us, them needing us down there so fast, we had quite a bit still to go to raise. And I'm like, okay, let's see what God does. And it has been amazing to see the past couple months what has happened, um, whether supporters um, starting or just other amazing ways that God has done things uh, that has helped us to where we are really close to being fully funded. I think around 400 a month that we still need, which is amazing compared to where we yeah. were. So we're praising God for that. You have, I think they had a Yeah, Oh yeah, we have a graphic. There. And this is just like a little breakdown to show you what we still need before we move in a couple of weeks. Um, obviously it doesn't have to be exactly like that, but that's just to kind of help show a little visual. Good. And you are, you're still in the midst of, of one fundraiser before you go? Is that? Oh, yeah. I think we might have a graphic for that, too. We're doing one last t-shirt fundraiser. I know a lot of you guys have our first t-shirts, and they're super comfy and awesome, and we love, it. We love seeing you guys wear them. Uh, this is one last one we're doing uh, to have just for fun, and also it does, we get a portions from it as well to help us. So if you want a shirt, 
find us and we'll get an order for you. I think there's five days left in the fundraiser. So. Okay. Yep. Thank you. And just a reminder, too, to the church family, the way that we've chosen um, to support Starkey's is a little bit different than the way that we support uh, the other families that are overseas um, that didn't come from this church. This isn't their sending church. Um, we are not setting apart a monthly stipend as a church um, because we want the giving to come through you. We want the giving to come through uh, relationships that, that Starkey's have rather than just say, hey, as a church, we're going to give this much. And people in the church going, okay, well, I don't really have to do anything because the church is going to send something. Um, you know, we, we wanted them to be able to use the relationships that they have um, and have conversations with the, the people that have been their family for these last years. And so if you haven't yet uh, decided to support Starkey's, and that's something that you can do, I know that every little bit truly helps. I know people say that, um, but every little bit uh, truly helps. And so I would ask that you uh, consider doing that, whether it's just a one-time thing or uh, a monthly uh, commitment. Uh, the other part is the praying part. Um, we want to be a church that is committed to praying for you, and uh, not just on a Sunday morning, but in the individual lives of the people here in your church family. What are the? Give us the the highlights of how we need to be praying right now. What are the big things? Um, so right now, uh, I guess you could say one of the first things you guys can pray for, and it's, it's more practically speaking, is uh, the sale of our vehicles. Uh, we can't take them with us. And so we have a 2016 Kia Sedona or a 2010 RAV4, Toyota RAV4 for sale. Um, tell people, you know, if we just, like I said, we, we can't take it with us and we need them sold. And that's kind of one of the most practical things. If you're um, on Facebook too, they've posted that on Facebook, yeah. share it. Get it out there. Let, let people take a look at uh, what's available. And, and I know God's going to sell these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as for us, for our family, um, one of the biggest things to pray for is just the transition. Um, transition as we say goodbye to family for a little bit, friends for a little bit. Um, you know, the kids have to say goodbye to their friends and stuff. And uh, the transition of just moving to a different country, you know, getting to Haiti, you know, new language, new culture. It, it's slightly warm in Haiti, and we're not quite used to that. So definitely be praying as, as we kind of put up with the Haitian heat and, and try to get used to that. It's obviously, I keep saying the word transition, it's a lot of transition for my family. So please, please pray for that as, uh, as we do make that transition. And as a mom, I would really appreciate the prayer for our boys because we've homeschooled for the past four years. And so all they know is homeschool. And they're making not only a huge jump from going to home, from homeschool to a school and being taught by a teacher, um, but they're making a jump from moving from one country to the next, a jump from one house to the next. I mean, they have a ton of new things and, and new transitions. That's huge for them. And so I would love prayer for um, them that they will um, seek it with excitement and um, transition really well and, and fall in love with their teacher in school and uh, that it would go really well. One of the things I didn't ask is, how are the boys? I mean, where where are they at with, with this? And what is their, um, I guess, what's their excitement level? What's their... Uh... Um, the boys are doing, I, I think, great, honestly, for, for their age. Zeke, obviously, he doesn't care. He's two and a half. He's just going to go wherever we go and jump right in. And, you know, he's good. Uh, with Micaiah and Isaac, uh, Isaac's nine and Micaiah's six, um, it's it's always met with excitement. Micaiah, especially, he's outdoorsy kid. He loves running around trying to catch animals, and there's a billion geckos in Haiti. And, you know, he's excited for that kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he does tell us he'll miss family and he'll miss friends. You know, it's, it's understandable. 
And, you know, we try to help soften the blow by, you know, through God's gift of technology, you know, we have FaceTime or Skype, you know, we can call back home whenever they're missing friends or family. But, you know, that's, that seems to just be the biggest thing. And, and Isaac, it's the same way. You know, he, he likes things in a rhythm and a flow, and obviously we're disrupting that. And, but he loves the beach, and so obviously being on an island, we have access to the beach, and he's, he's really excited about that. But then again, it, it turns into, you know, friends and family and, and missing, missing them. So I, I think God has, has just blessed us with, with great kids, and they really, they really are doing well. I'm, I'm so proud of them and how they're handling this. So, you know, I think for, for the circumstances, they're, they're doing really, really awesome. So Good, good. Uh, we do have we do have a few minutes. Um, I wasn't planning on doing this, and this honestly always makes me a little bit nervous too. But um, <laughs> if there's a question or two uh, from the congregation, uh, I know you guys are you guys are a quiet bunch. But uh, if there's a question or two for the Starkeys, uh, we would love to let you ask that. Definitely quiet. Anybody? <laughs> no, nobody's like. All right. Yes. <laughs> Did um, you hear that? As far as the wildlife in Haiti, I think snakes won't really be a huge problem. It's more the tarantulas. Um, there's a tarantulas. ton of tarantulas. Yes, very giant tarantulas. But they are good because they eat all the bugs, so they are friendly. You just have to get past the hairy legs and the eight-inch diameter wingspan of a tarantula, you know. Um, other than that, actually, we found out there's no poisonous animals on the island. So, I mean... Yeah, she says they're scorpions, but they're not poisonous. They're just scary looking. So you just got to get past that, and you should be okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, another thing the boys are excited about is, like he was saying, there's a ton of geckos and a ton of frogs. Like, So they said, you know, you'll randomly just walk into your bathroom, and there'll be a frog greeting you in the shower or on the toilet. And so that'll be something we get used to. And then they also shared with us how we have to, um, all of our storage Containers for food need to be glass or stainless steel because the rats are very um, strong there. And yes, they eat through plastic and stuff. So we have to get used to fun rats. Frogs in the bathroom does not sound appealing to me in the least bit. So I pray that God allows you to get used to that, definitely. Anyone else? Sam? Okay. Um, we will uh, not be living in the capital city, which most people know as Port-au-Prince. Port-au-Prince is kind of right in the middle underneath the emblem. We're actually be staying down where this little peninsula sticks out, down to the southwest in a city called, on the map you'll find it as Lekai, but pretty much every Haitian knows it as Okai. And it's about the same distance from here to Cincinnati, so it should be a three-hour drive, but it's more like a five-hour drive. Uh, the roads aren't the best. I mean, it's a decent paved road, but, you know, occasionally you run into bumps, potholes, people, animals, you name it. Um, so it's a little bit longer of a journey, but that's where we'll be at in the, in the southwest of Haiti. Thank you. Anyone else? Kyle? Uh, how different will a food be? Um, definitely different. Um, a lot of rice, um, a lot of beans, which I'm okay with. I like both. Um, Occasionally, we'll have goat, and um, I'm always up for trying new things. I, I've had goat. It's not bad. It's really good. Um, a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. Everything's organic there without being labeled as organic. So 
That'll be nice. Um, we actually will have our own banana tree in our yard, so we're pretty excited about that. About every three months, it produces bananas, so I don't have to pay anybody for that. So. Uh, one of the things we were telling the kids at VBS that they thought was pretty interesting is how we get our meat. Uh, the cows down there, first of all, it won't taste like the missionaries always tell us. They're like, as soon as we get home, the first thing we have is a hamburger because the cows just eat like sugar cane or whatever they can find. So they're very lean cows. And so anyways, how we get our meat is every week a meat guy comes around. And he says, hey, I'm butchering a cow. Would you like some? And we tell him how much we want. Then the next morning, I guess he comes around with the wheelbarrow and just gives you your slab of meat. And then you actually have to cut it and grind it and take off stuff and all that kind of wonderful things so that'll be an experience for us but thankfully a local butcher we told her and she's gonna show us kind of like what to expect what it looks like and how to do it so meat from a wheelbarrow that, that's that sounds like something the Wences would do that's oh sorry that's any other questions All right, well, for the next year, this is your, uh, your last opportunity to address, uh, obviously you're gonna talk to some of these people over the next couple of weeks, but this is your last opportunity to address your church family as, as a body. Um, what would you like to say? I'll go first and then I'll let him go first. I just wanna thank you guys. Uh, the past 18 months, as you have heard, has been one of the hardest but most rewarding for us, and, and you guys have been with us every step. And um, <clears throat> looking back, we were talking the other day how it's been really cool how every single time God has provided for us, whether it was financial or encouragement or whatever it was, it was through the body of Christ. And so through this journey, he has shown us how strong and how amazing the body of Christ can be when they come together like that. And so um, just the little things from you guys coming up and saying, how how are you guys doing? How's the journey going? The encouragement to donations to, um, you know, taking our boys and helping our just the most random things. You guys have been there for us the past 18 months. And I just want to say thank you so much because it means more than you know, and I hope you guys realize how huge it is that we would not be here without you guys, and we we could not go to Haiti without you guys. A huge amount of our support is from the families in this room, and um, and, and encouragement as well. And so uh, we're going, but God's using you to send us. That's just as huge. And so as you've said yes, even if you didn't realize it over the past 18 months of helping us in little or big ways, we just encourage you to continue to say yes to whatever God has called you. Not just, we're not talking about with us, but just anything in your life because it's so rewarding and it's so worth it. And, and just to kind of reiterate what April said, you know, thank you guys so much. I mean, almost every Sunday we've come in, you know, you guys have asked us, you know, hey, how are things going with Haiti? That kind of a thing. And not just a I mean, you know, you can tell when people are either fake or real, and it's been real. It's been the encouragement you guys have given us has just been amazing. You know, just every Sunday asking us, you know, how are things going? It it really does mean a lot. I mean, I, I kind of tease sometimes that, you know, I think about going to Haiti every day. Obviously, it's something I'm going to do, and, and you guys obviously are not going. So it's not something you think about every day. But the fact that you guys are willing to ask how we're doing and, and where we're at and how the boys doing and how can we help, I mean, it's, it's been overwhelming, to be honest with you. I mean, saying thank you seems so minuscule compared to the love and the kindness that this church body has shown us. And I've, I feel like I want to do something more, and I know there's not much I can do besides say thank you. But just know from the bottom of both April and I's hearts that we really do appreciate 
and cherish and covet just all the prayers and all just the kind words of, uh, of encouragement. It's just been such a blessing to us this past 18 months. So thank you guys so much. I just remembered one more thing I wanted to say, if that's okay. Do we have time? Absolutely. If okay. God tells you to, yeah. I'm not going to stand in your way. I wanted to thank the worship team and Matt. Um, I've been a part of the worship team here since we've st started coming 10 years ago, and then I, I don't even know how long you've been here, Matt. But um, Matt and your whole family, we love you guys so much, and you've been the— I, I don't even know how to say it, like out of all the different people I've led worship with, my favorite. And um, I'm going to miss the whole team so much and, and worshiping you guys. I think that worshiping with you guys, that's going to be one of the hardest things for me too is, is uh, not getting to be a part of that. So I'll definitely miss the worship team. And I just wanted to uh, say thank you to that men's leadership group I was a part of. It happened right after we had gotten back from Haiti in 2016. And those, those nine guys just, you know, we held each other accountable, but the growth and the I mean, I know every meeting I brought up Haiti because obviously it was on my mind. They probably all rolled their eyes every time I say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a missionary in Haiti. And I'm sure everyone was just like, oh, here he goes again. But the fact that they were there for me with any kind, I mean, again, to hold me accountable as we read through the Bible, as we read through these books to help grow us as men and stuff, I'll always be grateful of that. And also to the, to the youth group, um, I'll say my own kind of special goodbye to them uh, in two weeks, but you know, being a youth leader, just to go off topic for a second, you never think that, like, you're there to help mentor the kids, but they do just as much to help me grow. I mean, it's, I'll definitely miss them. And I just want to thank the youth group and especially James and Cassie for letting me par be a part of that in the last couple of years. Um, again, it's just been such a rewarding experience, and I just want to thank you guys. Well, on a side note, we have an opening in our youth ministry. Um, if there's there's any volunteers. Uh, I want to say, and I am going to speak for the church family, whether they like it or not, um, I want to say thank you to the two of you, because we've gotten to learn some things over these last two years. First, God doesn't call superheroes to be missionaries. Um, I mean, nothing against you, but you're just normal people, uh, and we've gotten to see that process, the way that God works in the lives of people that are just like every one of us sitting in here. I think a lot of times we get that false idea that God calls the super spiritual. You know, God calls those that have been training for it since they were little kids. God calls normal people. Um, it's about the willingness. Uh, but we've also gotten to see the process, and we've kind of gotten to go on this journey with you over the last couple of years from that initial call to watching God confirm that call and then watching the ways that he's provided um, throughout this entire process. And to me, as a pastor, that's invaluable because there's things that we've learned as a church that I don't think can be taught from the pulpit by watching what God has done in your life. So I want to say from, from all of us, uh, thank you very much. And uh, again, I know we're going to see you in a couple of weeks, and so we don't have to, we don't have to cry yet. Um, we'll, we'll, do that in, we'll do that in a couple of weeks. Um, but I do want to pray for you guys. And Matt, as you come up as we prepare to, uh, to close the service, um, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jim and April and their family. And Lord, we ask simply over these next couple of weeks that your hand would be on them, that you would help them to prioritize. Uh, I know there's going to be no shortage of opportunities in these coming weeks, things to do, people to talk to, um, 
experiences that they want to have one last time before they go. And so, Lord, we pray that you would very clearly give them uh, direction, uh, give them wisdom. Lord, I do pray for uh, the family that they're leaving behind. Lord, I pray for grandparents especially. I know uh, the, the bond between a grandparent and a grandchild is, is a very, very special thing. And thank you for the blessing of allowing them uh, to be in the lives of their grandkids, to be able to see their grandkids on a fairly regular basis. Lord, we thank you that they've, they've had those years. And Lord, I just pray that you would comfort uh, grandparents on those days where it's tough for them, where they're struggling. Uh, Lord, I just pray too for Jim and April, those days where they miss their families, they miss the support, they miss even some of the just simple creature comforts of America. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength these first weeks and these first months especially. Lord, open their minds and allow them to learn quickly. Allow them to learn the language quickly. Allow them to learn uh, the culture quickly. And Lord, I pray that their reception among the Haitian people uh, would be quick. I pray that they would be received well. I pray that very early on people would be able to see the hearts that Jim and April have and that they would welcome them with open arms into their, uh, the, into their community. And so, Lord, for what you're going to do in these next weeks, what you're going to do in these next months, and what you're going to do in these next years, through the lives of Jim and April and their kids, Lord, for that, we thank you. And for that, we look forward to with expectation. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.